Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, each day on the I Work For Him show, we focus on discussions that will challenge you to change the way you think about workplace ministry and your life in Christ. And that's why all week on the I Work For Him show, we've been talking about identity and destiny because everybody who calls themselves a Christ follower needs to understand who they are in Christ and what they should be doing. And we've got in studio with us today, Tom and Pam Wolf. They're the founders of Identity and Destiny. You can find out more about them at identityanddestiny.com or on their Facebook page, Identity and Destiny. You can also find them on LinkedIn. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on NBC News someday. Because they'll have impacted America. Well, probably not NBC, but maybe Fox. Fox. Yeah. Maybe Fox. Have you been on Fox yet? No. I'll work on that one. Okay. Tom and Pam Wolf, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. This is the fourth day in a four-day series on identity and destiny. Thanks for sticking through with me. And, and really just thank you for listening to the Lord as you wrote the workbook, Identity and Destiny. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been our privilege. Thank you. I'm glad you still say that after four days with me in the studio. <laughs> We've also got a special guest, my buddy Jerry Campbell, who earlier today, because of my mind meld and the fact that I had way too much Mountain Dew, I couldn't remember his last name. I'm just sitting there looking at him. I know his last name. I couldn't figure it out. Jerry Campbell's in here, and Jerry Campbell's life has been revolutionized by, by Identity and Destiny. In fact, Jerry was so touched by Identity and Destiny, he became a licensed facilitator. Do you know what number, Jerry? You said you got about 100 licensed facilitators. What number was Jerry? 
couldn't give you that number. I'm not sure I know. I think you're number one, Jerry, in my book. You're number one. Okay. So, Jerry, you know, before we get back in, and yesterday as we ended the show, and I'll just tell this to all my listeners. Listen, you've missed three days of fantastic content all about identity and destiny. You need to go back and listen to those shows, but you will still get a lot out of today's discussion. Don't change the dial. Listen in, because everything we talk about today is going to open up your eyes to how God speaks to us and how God reveals to us our identity and our destiny. And it's so powerful. But before we get back to that, and really we're going to go back to week six because we didn't really finish on last night's show. Talking about, Tom, just keep this on top of your head before I go to Jerry. We're going to talk about critical, skeptical, and judgmental. When we think we're hearing the Lord, we start to explain it away. Jerry, I really want to hear from you, your heart, on how how did you, first of all, get introduced to Identity and Destiny? Well, I have a, a background in sales. But while I was in sales, it never felt like the right fit. And I enjoyed working with the people, developing the sales process. But I always felt it just wasn't right for me. The sales game didn't excite me. And I felt stuck. I felt like I was going through the motions in life. I felt like there was more to life than just working, especially a job I didn't like. But I was searching. And I started searching for resources, and that led me to identity and destiny. So you just stumbled across them on the Internet? I did. Wow, that's fantastic. That's too bad because we walk by each other in the hallways at church, and I should have could have said, "Hey, Jerry, I see you're struggling. Maybe the Lord was telling me that I just wasn't listening because I could have saved you all that time." All right, so so you you started, you found the process, you ordered the book online, then I did, and it's got sent to you at the house. I did, and you finished it on your own. I did. Wow, that's good. That is fantastic. <laughs> now I finished mine on my own too, but it, the eight week course took me slightly longer than eight weeks. All right, so you went through it. Did you finish it in eight weeks? I finished it a little bit quicker, but oh, there's an asterisk Overachiever. To it. Okay. Yeah. There's an asterisk to it. Um, I actually bought the book mainly because of the tagline, uh, you do the steps, God does the rest. Mm. And the reason why is because I had, I had looked at other books on purpose and passion and uh, taken a lot of assessments, um, but I was just so tired. I was tired of doing it on my own. And when I saw that, I thought, well, if God could help me out, that might be the answer. Well, and the answer is God desperately wants to help us. We have to ask. He, I mean, he wants to help us. He cares about those intimate details, doesn't he, Tom? Well, who wants to know about your purpose more? Yeah. God? God wants you to know your purpose. This isn't a game for him. Yeah. It seems simple enough. We could just end the show right now. <laughs> God wants you to know your purpose. It's not a shell game. He, no. He's not trying to hide it. Right. Well, it's just like, you know, God's will. You know, God will reveal you if you just need to ask him and you and need listen. to be in and l- listen. Well, you need to hear him. Then you need to listen. Then you need to be obedient. It's not just listening, Tom, because I lived that life for the first 25 years of my in my walk with Christ. Yeah, I was listening, listen, listen, but I never shut up. And then <laughs> and, and so I didn't even hear him. And then when I heard him, I didn't listen. And even though sometimes I heard him and I listened, I still didn't obey. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a difference there. Okay, so Jerry, you get exposed to this. You find us on the Internet. You finish the course in record time. <laughs> yes. Well, when I say there's an asterisk to it, because I went through the book on my own, and it really helped me, but it didn't give me the transformation that I was hoping. But the asterisk is this. The problem wasn't the material. The material was there. The problem was I was looking. I needed something to bring out that more information for me, someone to help me as a coach, as, a, as someone to guide. And one day I got an email from Tom and Pam about their licensed facilitator course. And I read it, and I've read them before. But this time was different. This time there was a prompting, like, 
you need to do this. Mm. And what was really interesting was I kept thinking, okay, maybe I'm interested in doing this, but I had some restlessness. And the restlessness was, okay, I went through this on my own, so it didn't radically change my life. A lot of great clarity. How could I take other people through it? Well, what I didn't know was my number one core value is authenticity. And I was bumping up against my own core value. The difference was when I went through the program and being coached by Tom and Pam and through the other coaches, that's what pulled out all the information. That's what transformed my life. Mm. And so that's why I say, as a licensed facilitator, as a coach, the book is awesome. But when you sit down in front of a coach and they can pull that information out and give you insight and clarity, that's where transformation takes place. That's what got me so excited. Well, and it's the Holy Spirit working in you and the licensed facilitator that really accomplishes all that, because this book was written by the Holy Spirit with the with the fingers of Tom and Pam Wolf. I mean, you. I mean, God just we led were merely you. Merely a vessel, right? I truly, mean, just it's amazing. It's just amazing, Tom. You you what, did you ever anticipate the impact that putting this workbook together w- would make? Did you ever imagine it would be so incredible? No, as I put it together. Um, first people that I coached through it, I remember one person who uh, sat back and I think they waited one or two minutes before they responded as we were formulating their identity statement and tears started coming down their eyes, out of their eyes and I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow. I never expected this kind of impact. This is great. Yeah, no, and it's so powerful. I think the biggest disappointment for me is that only 5,000 people have been exposed. We need to get 5 million people exposed because that's what starts a movement. We need, well, we can start with 5,001, but I, I mean, we need to get this out to everybody. And, and everybody that's listening, go out to Identity identityanddestiny.com, find out more about it, order your copy of the book, and then go on to Facebook and like them on Facebook, Identity and Destiny. No, this is not a paid advertising show. That's not what we're doing this. We're doing it because this book is a book that every Christ follower in the world should go through. Tom and Pam Wolf, thanks for sticking around all these days. And Jerry Campbell, thanks for joining us in studio today to talk about the impact that Identity and Destiny made on you. Thank you. Thank you for having having me. Tom and Pam, we, we ended the show yesterday talking about week six. And Really, we just barely got started because you guys talk too much. Um, And really, we're talking to cover. There is a lot, and we were talking about: is it really possible to hear God speak? And and Tom, you made this comment that the three amigos, or when we hear God speak, the three amigos, and I can't even say it, the three amigos, are what interfere with us really doubting whether we're hearing God or not. Oh yeah, they're so powerful. We all they're all parts of our personality, and there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, They serve us well, but. They have a tendency to come and dance around, especially when we're trying to hear from the Lord. So we give a couple methods in the workbook on how to quiet them. Well, let's give an example first so people understand what that really means. So can you give me an example of what that looks like? An example? Just make it up. Make up one. I mean, of of what, you know, God says something to you and how the three amigos jump in and, and tell you that's not God. Okay, so God says something to me, and all of a sudden I start going, uh, is that just me thinking that? Uh, is that really God? Uh, I'm not sure about this. And you start to question it, and it disrupts the whole flow and the whole communication with the Lord. So what you need to learn to do is to need to quiet them for a period of time. You're not going to eliminate them from your body, from your personality, from your mind. But if you can quiet them for half an hour, and we put a method in here to 
kind of get him out of the room and shut the door and say, we'll bring you back. You're not going away. But it's key to do that. You have to learn to suspend their activity while you're listening to God. Because otherwise, they interfere, they disrupt, and it's just a vehicle that the deceiver uses to and tell them Make again. And tell them again what the three who the three amigos are. Three amigos. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Martin uh, Cheech and Short. <laughs> no, Cheech and Chong weren't in the Three Amigos. It was Chevy Chase, Martin Short, and Steve Allen. Or is, yes, Steve. Uh, not Steve Allen. Steve. Uh, the, the you guys didn't watch one, the movie. One, obviously, not those not. Three Amigos. Okay. No. <laughs> one Steve Martin. That's what it was. Steve Martin. One of my clients, as I was teaching about critical, skeptical, and judgmental called them the three amigos so i just love using that term it's a great term the three amigos he says as soon as i start to do this he goes the three amigos popped up just like you said they would tom he says and i was able to say nope not now let's just keep on going and so they're the critical skeptical and judgmental parts of us and we all have them well and i think that that comes into play a lot of us you know we're sitting in a situation all of a sudden you're like share your testimony lord here share your testimony it's a restaurant. Share your testimony. <laughs> They're my neighbor. Share your testimony. I don't I don't even know the right verses to say. Share your testimony. I, I can't do this. Yeah, I mean that's the kind that's of That's exactly the, it. Exactly. I mean I, I know that because I've that lived conversation. it. Yeah. It is exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Good. I, you know, I loved the cartoon. I love cartoons growing up. I'm a Looney Tunes total freak. I love Looney Tunes. I could watch them all day long and laugh and giggle. And I lo- I always loved it when there was the little devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder, and they were they were speaking into the ears because that's exactly yeah. what it's like. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. But but we don't have a devil and angel. We just have our own. It's all bottled up in our head. All right. So, is it possible to hear God speak, Pam? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting. There's a a quote where we. Um, as we start to get into the topic, and uh, let me see if I can find it here from Bill Hybels. Um, he says, hearing from God is not like receiving a text message or an email. Even though God's whispers are rarely tangible, there are concrete steps we can take to help discern if we're hearing from God or hearing from last night's bad sushi. Mm. All right, so going back, I love the questions. As you start to teach people to, to just start to listen, you, you ask them, you introduce these questions into their lives. Lord, may I speak with you today? Lord, what is my identity? What is my destiny? Do you have an assignment for me today? Where did those questions come up from? Well, basically, we just uh, had respect for the Lord, so we wanted to say, Lord, will you speak with me today? And the nice part about it is when he responds, most of the time, he's very pleasant. And it (laughs) starts the conversation. You'd be amazed. He says, son, I'm here all the time. Happy to talk to you. All kinds of things come from that question. Yeah, there's so much more on that, but we've got to move on to the next step, which is scripture meditation, Pam, which is something that I know really touches you. Mm-hmm. You know, The scripture meditation part, I was not taught, taught that skill as a kid. You know, I just, I read my Bible, I read my Bible, I read my Bible, but mm-hmm. th- to sit and look at a verse, and you guys picked out some great verses that are in the workbook, and you stay focused on those. What is scripture meditation all about? Scripture meditation, uh, meditation has a, a kind of a new age connotation. But and that's so, not what we're talking about. And that's absolutely not. We're not what crossing we're our fingers about. and we folding ta- our legs in funny and places. Actually, the scripture talks about meditating on God's word, and it it it, it likens it to actually chewing on it. 
chewing on it so that you can actually really digest what it's saying. And the way that we teach the spiritual discipline of, of, of meditation is to take that scripture and to read it in its entirety, then to read it in sections, and then to read it one word at a time, pausing to savor and listen to what God might be saying through a single word. And it is amazing to me. Sometimes the word the has changed the entire meaning of the scripture. Just a simple word that he says, are you getting the order in which I I wrote this verse, the way in which I've stated it, that you can really hear what I want to say to you through the word. The most powerful part of that was the word you just she just used, Jerry, was pause. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at that. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no, no, that no. Most of us aren't. Yeah. We want to whiz right Whatever. through it. I bet you could pause way better than I can pause. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Jerry could pause way better than I can pause, too. Jerry sees me running around all the time. Jerry, how did scripture meditation rock your world? I remember reading it the first time, and I thought, okay, this is great. That's fine. Um, kind of like with the three amigos. First time I went through it, I thought, okay, that's nice, but probably not that effective. Second time I went through, I actually did what they said to do, and by golly, it worked. And one of the well, it's not like a magic trick. No, no, no. It's it's human nature. We look at something and decide ahead of time whether it's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I decide. Not me. I don't prejudge <laughs> anything. I don't know what you're talking about. So. As far as the scripture meditation, the book talks about one way to do that is to take a walk. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I took a walk, I picked out a verse, and I walked around, and it was like me and God talking. And I'm going, wait, I've read this verse many, many times. How come now it's finally coming alive and I'm getting more information out of it? That's because I was doing what they said to do. Mm-hmm. And it is just, it's you and it's God. And God has your attention, and he's saying, I'm going to share with you what you need to hear from this verse. Because what he shares with me might be totally different from you, but we don't know that unless we give our attention to God and let him talk to us. Yeah, I'm amazed how many people say, well, I I don't know what God's saying. And I'm like, well, do you ever read his word? There's 1,500 pages of God speaking to you. Do you ever look? I mean, a lot, there's a lot of Christians out there that never crack open their Bible. They have no idea what it says. All right, so in chat, in week six, you talk about you know listening to God praying, really just opening up your heart. Then you talk about scripture meditation. Then I love the last part, dreams. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, that's powerful. And I have had God, you know, God use dreams in all kinds of New Testament, and Old Testament characters to speak to them. Mm-hmm. So, but yet we discount it today, you know, because that's kind of like. That's right. Right. A lot of, uh, let's say, the different uh, churches out there totally discount it. There's 450 verses that talk about dreams and vision and God communicating with his humans through dreams and vision. And nowhere does it say he stopped now or stopped on this date or stopped ever. And I'm like, well, what's my, the matter with you people? And my own salvation experience was through a dream. God spoke to me through a dream and then confirmed it through a pastor on Christian radio. And then my spiritual mom. Was it Jim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i never been on the You know, i never been on the radio until I got an eye work for him. And on that day, my spiritual mom was, I was, I, I, I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't understand the power of the word and the Holy Spirit. And she kept talking to me about the Holy Spirit. 
And so through that dream, I was introduced in a very powerful way, and it was confirmed through this pastor that very next morning. And I went to a Bible study that she was leading, and I said, I had this incredible dream last night, and I think this Holy Spirit person you've been talking about is actually talking to me. <laughs> and I, so I described this, and she goes, oh, that would be him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, I, and I, so many people live in this world, and they, they watch movies, but they never recognize the fact this is a spiritual word, world. We, we mm-hmm. live in a fourth dim- four-dimensional world, mm-hmm. yet people deny that fourth dimension time and time and time again. Yeah. If I've ever read anything besides the scriptures, which I read a lot, of books. I've gone through a lot of workbook studies. This is the most powerful tool I've seen alongside the scriptures for people to find out who they are in Christ and what they should be doing. Everybody listening and all of your friends and their friends and so on and so on, just like that Breck hair commercial back in the 70s. You all need to go through Identity and Destiny. Check them out online, identityanddestiny.com. Tom and Pam, we started, we were talking about dreams right before we went to the break, but Jerry, I'm interested in your perspective. Dreams. Did you realize before you went through Identity and Destiny that God spoke to you through dreams or could speak to you through dreams? When I first uh, looked at the book and I saw the dreams, I thought, okay, a little reservation. I'm not sure where they were going to go with that because I've always been taught, okay, dreams, you can't really trust them. You know, it's the subconscious mind. You know, who, who knows if it's God? On page 204 of the book, it tells you, Okay, if you have a dream, here's some ways that you can identify if it is from God or not. And so when I looked at that, I thought, okay, that makes sense. Because that is a way that God can speak to us, but we still need to confirm it. How do we confirm it? It's in the book. Well, don't don't make everybody wait. Just tell them a couple of things. (laughs) Um, Some indications that dreams may be spiritual. You actually remember the dream next morning. You get an immediate interpretation or confirmation. You have a dream that is persistent or recurring, and they talk about pay attention to what happens next, because if you have a dream, one way that God will confirm it is he's going to start to line things up in your life to confirm it. He's not going to leave you hanging. You know, I've got a, here, here's my struggle with this. My wife is a light sleeper, and there are often times where I have powerful dreams, and, they, and, I, and I am woken up in the middle of the night from a dream, and I know when I wake up, because of what you said there and because of what I learned all my life, when I remember a dream, I'm like, oh, I remember that dream. Yeah. The writing it down part, I'm still struggling with that. There's been some dreams I get up and I get my phone because it's small enough I can just type myself what I remember about the dream. But you can't, sometimes you can't type enough, type fast enough to remember everything. Mm-hmm. Because it just, you know, that there's that 30 or 40 seconds after you wake up where you get still clarity on it. And I, and I think that if I... I don't know. I haven't figured out the best way to document the dreams. What do you do, Pam? Well, and as in my case that I was talking about with my salvation experience, I did not remember my dream that morning until I started listening to the radio show with the pastor, and then God brought it back to my remembrance through that. So if if it's important and he wants you to remember it, he will cause you to remember it. Yeah. It's, uh, It's powerful. I mean, it's very, very powerful. I just, you know, because what I started doing is I started writing down my notes, and then I realized I couldn't read my writing the next morning. <laughs> yeah. My writing's bad enough when I it can see. When I can't see, yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, but okay, but I, I, I appreciate it. we got to move on to week seven, because I don't want to leave people hanging. In, in week seven, 
you guys, and again, these are tools to help people just really start to identify their destiny because they're learning how to listen to God. And, and Martha's biggest argument when she got to week eight, she goes, I learned all this stuff, but I haven't heard yet. Well, I haven't heard. I, it took her to week 10 or 11 until she really got her destiny statement and her identity statement. Actually, she got her identity, but not her destiny. She was like, well, it just didn't work perfect in eight weeks. I'm like, it might not work perfect in eight weeks. Absolutely. You might have to review stuff. But these tools are teaching people to learn how to commune with their Heavenly Father. They're learning how to study the scriptures so they can hear things from the scriptures. Because the scriptures, you know, just two weeks ago, our pastors read a scripture from Acts about how Jesus after he rose to the dead and he opened their minds to all of the things that they had heard and seen mm. right mm. i had never seen i was I, the the flip the switch thing yeah. i didn't remember that i don't remember it yeah. but so sometimes you could read a scripture 35 times and it's the 36th time you're like ooh well these are tools that people should continue right. to use to communicate with the lord it's not the type of thing that you sit down and you go okay lord i have 45 minutes i'm going to do this uh, guided listening prayer Give me my purpose, give me my identity, and give me my assignment. And he's going to go, oh, okay. I mean, we can't be doing that. It's a more of a situation part, a where we've got to use it over a long period of time. Right. And it's his desire for relationship. Yeah. That is what he's really, really longing for through these spiritual disciplines. And I think sometimes he may give you bits and pieces simply because he wants you to come back and spend more time with him. Absolutely. Well, and I think the people, you know, I, I remind Christians all the time that the number one goal in your life is to have as intimate a relationship with your Heavenly Father as yes. possible because that's what you take with you. Mm -hmm. That comes with you. You don't get the U-Haul full of all the garbage that you've accumulated, <laughs> right. but you take that relationship with you into eternity. Mm -hmm. And God is not impressed with all the ministry you do. He's much more impressed with becoming intimate with us. That's his goal, to fill that emptiness that we all experienced before we came to Christ. He's not, he, that, that was why he created Adam and Eve. He wanted to create people you could have a relationship with that chose to have a relationship with him. Yes. All right, so we move into week seven, and you, and you teach some very, really cool tools. Pam, why don't you highlight the first one? Um, it is guided listening prayer, and that is one that they, we actually have that housed online, and it's about 45 minutes of the most incredibly inspired music with Tom just talking just a little bit through it to guide you through a prayer asking God for your identity, your destiny, and your assignments. But it is um, the young man who wrote the music. It's original music that was written specifically for us and for the book. Um, by a young man who's a pastor up in uh, outside of uh, Auburn, Alabama. Oh, and now you got the Auburn fans going. Oh, we love Auburn. Hey, War hey, Eagle. Eagle. <laughs> just, just saying. But, <laughs> but it now, he is now all the people that are Alabama fans are going to go. Ow, Auburn. He, he, I'm, I'm a Gophers fan. No, I'm not really. Okay, go ahead. He w it was so interesting because we went to Jacob, and he is truly an anointed musician. Never had a lesson, can play virtually any instrument he picks up, and is just so Holy Spirit-led. And we went to him and said, Jacob, we'd really love for you to write the music for this guided listening prayer. And he took kind of a little bit of a run at it, and he was doing some singing along with it. And we said, no, we just want you to just go spend some time with the Holy Spirit and let him write this music. And anybody who wants to go listen to it, it's on the website under work, workbook resources. You don't even have to buy the workbook to get to it. 
um, the guided listening prayer is there, and you can download it, and you can you can start to use that discipline. But um, there is no doubt that the Holy Spirit wrote that music because people have had huge breakthrough um, in uh, and, listening. And I, and I love that. I want to move. I hate the fact that we got to move on to another piece. But you know, the, you know, I, I love the statement: "We live in a micro microwave world, but we have a crock pot." God. Yes, that's our mm. pastors. <laughs> it is absolutely the most powerful statement because people are just expecting things to go instantaneously with God, and that's not how He mm-hmm. works. That's right. You know, one of the one of the words as I was going through um, the guided listening prayer, the dialogue journaling, was when I was praying. I kept hearing this word. You know, I'd ask God, "What's my identity?" Soon. No, no. no. What's my identity? Soon. And I kept hearing this word, soon, soon. I'm like, I want it now. (laughs) But what was happening was God was saying, okay, you're going to get it soon, but first. There were some other things I had to take care of in my life first before I was ready to hear from God. Right. And so when I kept hearing the word soon, I'm like, and I still hear it today. I ask a question soon. Okay, God, I get it. And when when you tell me it's going to be better. But it's the same thing. It's you know. You know, it's interesting. There's repetitive words that he uses yes. with with individuals, and the word he uses for me, you've got soon, and you know exactly what yes. he means when he yes. says he uses remember. Hmm. He will say remember to me frequently, and that's the only word I get. Hmm. Wow. But okay. it's like I, you don't need to know what I'm going to do next. Remember what I've done. Yep. Remember what I've done. Yeah. I don't know if I got just one word, mm. but God does have to repeat many times. I mean, <laughs> that'd be the type Maybe D, right, Tom? All right. So you go into dialogue journaling. Yes, next, sir. Which let's we're just as we lead up to the break, talk about that. Well, dialogue journaling is where you actually uh, write out your conversation with the Lord, just like a a play would be written. We've all read a play in a in a manual or a little notebook. Yeah, many of us were tortured with Shakespeare in high school. Yeah, yes, yes. Exactly. That's what it's like. So you write No, it it's down. not torture. No, no. Oh. It's the format. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shakespeare was tortured. Yes, this. it was. <laughs> but uh, what you do is you've got to suspend the three amigos, critical, skeptical, and judgmental, and you just have to let it flow. And you start the dialogue with the Lord, will you, can I speak with you today? Yes. And what is my purpose? Can you share with me my purpose? And you start to ask questions. And whatever the thought is that flies into your mind, you write it down. And then you continue to have a dialogue journal with the Lord. The most powerful part about that that I saw was when you went back and read it Yeah. again. Because there's some really cool stuff that happens in there. And a lot of people are going, they're, they're singing Twilight Zone music again in the back of their heads. And they're like, no, this is powerful. This is powerful. We're going to hit more on this after the break. But I just, I just want to make sure you, you recognize that, that, that people are listening. There are so many different ways to commune with our Heavenly Father. The biggest key is that first hour of the day just needs to be His every day so we can communicate with them. Tom and Pam, we, we ended right before the break talking about dialogue journaling, and it's a little bit weird in, in, that, in, in that it's weird because we've never been taught this before. Right. This is a whole right. new concept. Mm-hmm. Jerry, when you read about dialogue journaling, what did you think? I was actually excited about the idea because there was a book that I read years ago on prayer, and it talked about writing your prayers down, but it wasn't really formatted in a way that spoke to me. So as I was going through this, I liked that format, and I still do it today. And it helped me to clarify my identity, which I know now. It helped me to clarify my destiny, which I know now. The third part is the assignments. 
Well, those don't just stop. They continue to to roll into your life as God has them for you. So I still use that practice today to help me to identify what's my current assignment, what do I need to do next, and it's a way that God can talk to me about other things as well. And so it's it's very powerful. It's very easy for me to do because I know this is my time with God. This is what and I have a written record of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's powerful. Pam, mm-hmm. the dialogue journaling, this is something I know that's near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. How has it impacted your walk with the Lord? Well, it was really interesting. When <clears throat> I first started using the discipline, I kept going back to Tom and saying, I'm just not getting anything. I, I, this just isn't working for me. And I'm sure it was the three amigos jumping in there and causing me to be skeptical about the process. And I had to travel for business and went to Orlando and had an evening to myself, decided to take my my notebook and just give it one more shot. And I was sitting and having coffee, and two and a half hours later, I had been writing the entire time, and God and I had been conversing. And like you said, when I went back and read it, there was no doubt that I had not been writing that that it had been God speaking to me. So I, I'm like Jerry. I, I use that discipline on a regular basis. I journal every day, and it's a huge part of what I do. And what's really cool is when you, when you have that written record, sometimes as I'm dialogue journaling, I'll get words, and I'm like, okay, I don't understand what that means. And you look back weeks later and go, I, oh, I got it. Mm-hmm. God was, was saying this, but he didn't make it happen until later. Now that happens, I look back and go, that's a God thing because he was trying to tell me way back then, and now he put all the pieces together. And that's where you can begin to have real confidence that you are hearing from him. Absolutely. I I remind Christ followers that I deal with in a mentoring process or whatever that, you know, we need to... Right now, you're trying to learn a lesson. God's trying to teach you a lesson. He's trying to mold your character so that he can use you in a new, advanced way. And if you don't learn a lesson now, and you run away from it now, and you beg God to take you away from it now, he's going to make you learn it the next time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he wants you to learn that lesson. Same I remember. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember I remember what I was going to say. It was This is something I've really learned in my own prayer life. I used to pray all the time, Lord, I just need, like right now, I need, uh, I need the $40,000 in order to pay for I work for him for the next year. That's what I need. Okay, that'd be cool. But in praying that, I'm asking God to provide for me so I don't need to depend on God anymore. Mm. That's not a prayer he wants to answer. Mm. He wants me to be dependent on him. And that's why that was, I read that last night in the, the book by uh, Mark Batterson called the, the Grave Robber. And I thought, yeah, I'm praying so that I don't need God anymore. Nah, I don't need to pray that prayer anymore. Right. I just need to be done. All right. I, the, guy, the dialogue journey is powerful. I really want to get to our identity and destiny statements because we're, we're running out. We're running towards the end of the show. And I really want to know how did, how did it end up for you? So, Tom, this, you went through this the first time. How did it end up? For you? Uh, My identity is I'm a source of focus and strength. And my destiny statement is to love and honor others while guiding them to a better understanding of themselves. And let me tell you, love and honor is not the way I approach others. So I knew it was from God. (laughs) Love and honor others. While guiding them to a better understanding of themselves. Mm, Powerful. Mm -hmm. Pam, what about you? I'm a peacemaker. And um, that may not be earth-shattering for a lot of people to hear, but as I looked back over my lifetime, it had significance that um, profoundly impacted me in that moment and has profoundly changed 
the trajectory of my life since I received it. Um, my destiny is to help other people find that place of peace that is soul deep. Mm, soul deep. Yes. We like that. Mm-hmm. Soul deep. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And and that's that's what should be one of the identifiers of Christ followers mm-hmm. is the peace in us that passes all understanding. Right. It's not that superficial stuff. It's the real the real peace in your spirit. Yes. And even though I always seem uptight and on the go, I'm really at peace for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Jerry's going, yeah, it's Sundays. You're always running around crazy. Okay. <laughs> Jerry, tell me, what it, when you went through Identity and Destiny, tell me what you learned. My identity is uh, I am a beacon of uniqueness and practicality. And that may seem a little strange, but as I coach people, that's what's on my mind. How are you unique? How are you different from everybody else? And then how can you take that and bring value to the world in a real tangible way? I cannot, I cannot not think that way. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it comes out that way. Um, my destiny is to help fellow believers enjoy life and seek God. And to me, I, I see a lot of believers that are just living in quiet desperation, mm-hmm. and they're searching. And the thing that they're doing, they're they're crying out to God, but they're not seeking God, or they want to, but they don't know how. Right. And I just want to help them to enjoy life. God gave us this life to enjoy by finding out who they are. And then bringing, you know, seeking God and letting him, let God help them. This process, even though we're talking about it, I have to tell you, it is a fun process. It is a fun (laughs) process. And when you start to dialogue journal, it is fun. It is exciting to hear from God. Amen. I, I would agree with that. You know, and just sharing my identity and destiny statement. You know, I shared on Tuesday my identity statement because it's it's just kind of it, it's funny. I'm a black and white brick, not a black and white velvet covered brick, just a black and white brick. I am just all you're either you're it, it just right or wrong. There's, there's no, I don't play in the gray. That's just not the way I think. I'm black. I'm a black and white brick, equipped with a passionate prophetic desire to disciple and mentor people. Mm into a stronger relationship with Christ. But my destiny is purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers. And that word, those words came to me in the middle of the night, September 3rd, 2013, purposefully equipping. So doing it on purpose, purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers, not just mamby-pamby, weenie-butt Christians, but vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace, focusing on Christian business owners and their spouses. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, this has been an incredible week. We have spent all week long talking about identity and destiny. And Tom and Pam, I can't thank you enough. I I can't believe we've run out of time. This has been so much fun. Listeners, I just encourage you. You got to get out to identityanddestiny.com. You got to get a copy of Identity and Destiny. And you got to get a team together and start working on it. If you want to find out more, just email Tom and Pam. You can find out their contact information right on the website, Identity and destiny.com next week on monday's show we've got Lori hill with the christian chamber of commerce tampa bay she'll be joining us to talk about the upcoming event on friday the 17th featuring oz hillman and brad bright and of course Lori hill the i work for him show is all about purposely equipping vibrantly effective christ followers in a workplace and i want you to ask yourself are you a christ follower and if you aren't sure Email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com, and I would love to have a conversation with you about how Christ has made an impact on my life and how he can make an impact on your life. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.